The Exorcism of Annalise Michel. Born as Anna Elizabeth Michel on 21st of September 1952 in Lipfling, Bavaria, West Germany, to a Roman Catholic family, Michel was raised along with three sisters by her parents Joseph and Anna. She was religious and attended Mass twice a week. When she was 16, she experienced a seizure convulsion and was diagnosed with temporal lobe epilepsy. In 1973, Mikkel attended the University of Würzburg. Her classmates later described her as withdrawn and very religious. In June 1970, Mikkel had a third seizure at the psychiatric hospital where she had been staying. She was prescribed anti-convulsion drugs for the first time, including dialetine, which did not alleviate the problem. She described seeing devil faces at various times of the day. That same month, she was prescribed Aulept, which is similar to chlorpromazine and is used in the treatment of various psychoses, including schizophrenia, disturbed behavior, and delusions. By 1973, she began experiencing depression, hallucinated while praying, and complained about hearing voices telling her that she was damned and would rot in hell. Mikkel's treatment in a psychiatric hospital did not improve her health and her depression worsened. Long-term treatment also did not help, and she grew increasingly frustrated with her medical care after having taken pharmacological drugs for five years. Mikkel became intolerant of Christian sacred places and objects such as the crucifix. Mikkel visited San Damiano with a family friend who regularly organized Christian pilgrimages. Her escort concluded that she was suffering from demonic possession because she was unable to walk past the crucifix and refused to drink the water of a Christian holy spring. Annalise told me, and Frau Hein confirmed this, that she was unable to enter the shrine. She approached it with the greatest hesitation, then said that the soil burned like fire and she simply could not stand it. She then walked around the shrine in a wide arc and tried to approach it from the back. She looked at the people who were kneeling in the area surrounding the little garden and it seemed to her that while praying they were gnashing their teeth. She got as far as the edge of the little garden, then she had to turn back. Coming from the front again, she had to avert her glance from the picture of Christ in the chapel of the house. She made it several times to the garden but could not get past it. She also noted that she could no longer look at medals or pictures of saints. They sparkled so immensely that she could not stand it. Father Ernest Alt. She believed she bought the stigmata, witnessed by her mother and those present at her future exhumation. She also believed she could communicate with Mary, mother of Jesus. Michelle's family and community became convinced that she was possessed and consulted several priests to request an exorcism. The priests declined, recommended the continuation of medical treatment and informed the family that exorcisms required the bishop's permission. In the Catholic Church, official approval for an exorcism is granted when the subject strictly meets the set criteria and is considered to be suffering from possession and under demonic control. Intense dislike for religious objects and supernatural powers are some of the first indications. Mikkel worsened physically and displayed aggression, injured herself, drank her own urine and ate insects. In November 1973, Mikkel began treatment with Tegretol, an anti-seizure drug and mood stabilizer. She was prescribed antipsychotic drugs during the course of the religious rites and consumed them frequently until some time before her death. 
Despite taking these neuroleptic medications, Mikkel's symptoms worsened and she began growling, seeing demons throwing things. The priest Ernest all declared that Mikkel didn't look like an epileptic and that he did not observe her experiencing seizures. All believed that she was suffering from the demonic possession and urged the local bishop to allow an exorcism. In a letter to Ald in 1975, Mikkel wrote, I am nothing. Everything about me is vanity. What should I do? I have to improve. You pray for me. And also once told him, I want to suffer for other people. But this is so cruel. In September 1975, Bishop Joseph Strang granted Father Arnold Renz permission to perform an exorcism according to the ritual Romanum, but ordered total secrecy. Renz performed the first session on the 24th of September. Mikkel began to increasingly speaking about dying to atone for the wayward youth of the day and the apostate priests of the modern church. Her parents stopped consulting doctors at her request and relied solely on the exorcism rites. A total of 67 exorcism sessions, one or two each week lasting up to four hours each, were performed over approximately 10 months in 1975 and 1976. Toward the end of her life, Mikkel began to refuse food. On the 1st of July 1976, Mikkel died in her home. The autopsy report stated that the cause of death is malnutrition and dehydration resulting from almost a year in a state of near starvation while the rites of exorcism were performed. She weighed 66 pounds, suffered broken knees from continuously dropping to her knees, was unable to move without assistance and was reported to have contracted pneumonia. After an investigation, the state prosecutor maintained that Mikkel's death could have been prevented as late as one week before she died. In 1976, the state charged Mikkel's parents and priests Ernest Alt and Arnold Renz with negligent homicide. The parents were defended by the famed Nuremberg Trials defense attorney Eric Schmidt-Lichner and the priest defense counsels were paid by the church. The state recommended that none of the involved parties be jailed. Instead, they recommended the sentence for the priests was a fine, while the prosecution concluded that the parents should be exempt from punishment as they had suffered enough, a mitigating legal factor in German penal law. On July 14, 1977, a newspaper article stated that two Roman Catholic priests were charged with negligent homicide in the death of Annalise Michael, who underwent exorcisms a year ago, as announced by the Askavenberg prosecutor. The trial began on the 30th of March 1978 in the district court and drew intense interest. Doctors testified that Mikhail was not possessed, stating that the manifestation of demonic possession were a psychological effect of her strict religious upbringing as well as her epilepsy. Dr. Richard Roth, whom all had consulted for medical help, allegedly told Mikhail during the exorcism that there is no injection against the devil, Annalise. Schmidt Lichner argued that the exorcism was legal and that the German constitution protected citizens in the unrestricted exercise of their religious beliefs. The defense played tapes recorded at the exorcism sessions, sometimes featuring what was claimed to be demons arguing to assert their claim that Mikhail was possessed. Both priests claimed that the demons identified themselves as Lucifer, Cain, Judas, Belial, Religion, Hitler and Nero among others. He also stated that Mikhail was finally freed of demonic possession resulting from exorcism just before her death. Bishop Strang said that he was not aware of Mikhail's alarming health condition when he approved the exorcism and did not testify in court. 
In April 1978, the McKells and the two priests were convicted of negligent homicide but were given suspended prison sentences and they were ordered to share the cost of the legal proceedings. The sentences were described as stiffer than those requested by the prosecutor, who had asked for the priests only to be fined and that the parents be found guilty but not punished. By approving the ancient exorcism rites, the church drew public and media attention. According to author John F. Duffy, the case was a misidentification of mental illness. In a conference several years later, German bishops retracted the claim that she was possessed. After the trial, the McKells asked the authorities for permission to exhume the remains of their daughter because she had been buried in undue hurry in a cheap coffin. Almost two years after the burial, on the 25th of February 1978, her remains were replaced in a new oak coffin lined with tin. The official report states that the body bore signs consistent with deterioration of a corpse of that age. The family and the priests were discouraged from viewing Mikkel's remains. Father Renz later stated that he had been prevented from entering the mortuary. Mikhail's gravesite remains a pilgrim site as she is revered by a small group of Catholics who believe she atoned for wayward priests and sinful youths. Annalise's father Joseph Mikhail died in 1999. In a 2006 interview, Anna Mikhail stated that she does not regret her actions, saying, I know we did the right thing because I saw the sign of Christ in her hands. On the 6th of June 2013, a fire engulfed the house where Mikhail had lived. Although the local police determined that it was a case of arson, some locals attributed the fire to the exorcism case. If you like that, then listen to our main show every Wednesday on all good podcast providers. It's Alive Alive, the really, really fake true crime horror podcast. All the guts and gore, none of the guilt. See you on Wednesdays.